is the Better Life, Better Work show, and I'm your host, Allison Crow. I'm an intuitive life and business coach here to help you create better life and better work. I help super successful people, you know, the recovering overachievers, put the soul back in their lives, and I help soulful people create success. On this show, topics range from the mystic to the logistic, and our content will support your being and your doing while on your path to create better life and better work. More is not better. Better is better. Hello, hello, y'all. Alison Crow here. And today, I am recording live for the podcast, and I'd like to have a different kind of conversation. This is episode number 109. I said that last week. Elise edited it out for me. (laughs) Um, And today, the topic is technically to embrace your crazy. And what I think is perfect about it is that as a soulful CEO, as a longtime business owner, sometimes I need my own medicine. I need my own medicine. And the medicine I need today and want to share with you is the soul part of CEO. Uh, Quite a few years ago, I was thinking, you know, I don't really want to do any more business coaching, but that's what people were always coming to me for. And I love deep inner work. And, you know, I thought about walking away. And the fact is, I love business. I love using my brain. I love solving problems and strategy. And I'll tell you what, I realized I've been sharing on the deep inner work side with my clients how COVID and the pandemic and politics and any other disruption, the grief that we're feeling of not being able to be together, um, uncertain, the uncertainty, the uncertainty And so I know that one of the ways, there's a few ways I respond to uncertainty subconsciously before I'm aware of it. And one of the ways that I respond to uncertainty before I'm aware with it, one is getting pissy and angry. And I do that in politics a lot. Um, I've really worked through some stuff with that for the most part. (laughs) 92% learn how to chill out. And by feeling my sadness and in the other thing that I do is I get into driving and striving. I get hyper into strategy because it gives me a sense of control. So I want you to think real quick and share with me either live or um, via Instagram or Facebook. If you're listening to the replay of this on the podcast, what do you notice about yourself when you're in uncertainty? What is your go-to mechanisms for giving your sense a giving yourself a sense of certainty. And so I do that with business. And one of the things that's good about it is it's helped me grow my business. (laughs) And I don't know about you. Some of my most popular posts are about my overthinking post. And I realize I've gotten into overthinking. And one of the reasons I get into overthinking is because I, I, just like you, get seduced by the slick, and shiny, I get seduced by the slick and shiny of online 
whatever. I get seduced by my own models and ways and pathways. And then every so often, something reminds me, usually a coach or a mental breakdown, not a super serious mental breakdown, but you guys know, like the breakdown that leads to the breakthrough is, reminds me of what I want to put first. I love relying. I love the strength of my brain. I think I'm smart. I um, value research. I value intellect. And um, once again, politics is teaching me and COVID is teaching me that um, I a lot of times rely on it to feel superior. And when I start noticing that there's like a, a tilt that I hit in overthinking, in using this brain under this little bandana here today, um, there's a way that is expansive and helpful. And then there's a way that creates constriction. And I love recognizing the constriction now. Like I want to clap, clap, clap for me for <laughs> recognizing it most of the time, not all the time, but most of the time. And when I recognize it, the same thing I tell my clients, your head is a tool, your heart is the rule. And so right now, it's really easy to ignore what my heart wants. And my head likes to say, I've got this, I'm in charge, motherfuckers, let's get this done and everything will be okay. Not that I'm like consumed with worry or fear, but of course, there's some underlying uncertainty. And so <laughs> what I love is what my heart wants. And today, as I sat down with, you know, I looked at my beautifully created, um, co-created podcast plan and the title that my team organically helps me create is Embrace the Crazy. And so what I loved about that is my heart is crazy and maybe your heart is too. My heart remembers what works. My heart knows that it can be fun even when it's hard. My heart knows how to use my head as the tool and not the ruler. And every once in a while, my head gets in and the strategies and the plans. And when I lead with strategy instead of I'm supported by strategy, I start screwing myself over. And so a couple of weeks ago on my one-on-one -on -one call with Tara Newman, who is my mastermind coach right now, she reminded me about what works for me. She's watched me. She reminds me what works for me. And um, I'm going to be talking with her today. I had some plans of here's to the crazy hearts. Hey, Justin. Hey, Anna. Um, do you ever do this? Do you ever think if I just have this in place, then this will happen? If I just have this, then this will happen. And I have loved and been sharing on the podcast a lot of the systems and structures that I set up. And I have got to remember that those systems and structures do not make me, they support me. And when I start to let them position as being the business, it takes me out of it. And sometimes we need that. Sometimes we need our systems and the things that we as CEOs set up so that our heart can rest. 
And then sometimes our heart is like locked in the bedroom resting, going, I'm ready to get back in the game. I'm ready to get back in the game. And I don't know about you. Last week, I had three people come in the back door. The doors aren't officially open, but I had three people come in the back door because I happen to know the person who's in charge of the doors of soulful success come in. And all three of them are very high level growth achievement business owners who just want connection. And I realized that a lot of times I'm trying to prove to you how I can change your life. I'm trying to prove to you this intellectual or this strategic concept because I'm good at it. And a lot of times I'm right. But I also want to remind you that inside of all your structure and all your systems and all your plans and all your visions and all your dreams is your heart, your wild, tender desiring companionship, camaraderie, collaboration, connection, heart. I was tempted last week. I may have, I may have talked about this on the podcast. I was tempted. There was, I got a um, really, really talented, good, and tempting cold email. Most cold email pitches I get, I literally, I don't even respond um, and I got one that was really personal, even so it wasn't cold. I don't know them, but it, it wasn't cold. And in my eyes, I started seeing this and I started thinking, if I just spend this money on this, then it will fix all this. And all of a sudden I'll have all these new people. And I have a colleague I'm so happy for. Her. She runs a completely different kind of membership, but I had a colleague last night share in our mastermind group. She has 3000 registrants for her, uh, she's doing a webinar this weekend. And I was so jealous. Not like the evil kind of jealous, but I was like, ooh, if I could just have that. How many of you have that? If I could just have that. And what I'm noticing when I get to that phase, when I get to comparison, I mean, obviously I celebrated her, but part of me was like, ooh, I wonder what it would be like for me to have 300 participants. You guys, I am badass, but my Zoom, like, I I don't have to have the program more than 100 people. (laughs) And here's what's funny. It's a very lucrative business, but somehow my eyes always get really big. My eyes start to get greedy. My eyes start to really desire more. And the subtitle to this podcast, and I remember Dave Gorham is the one who said it to me. He's my first coach after I left Keller Williams. More is not better. Better is better. And I love better systems and better structures. And I tend to get in a hurry to implement them all. And recently, Tara put out her own podcast on massive growth um, at a, I can't remember the title. Let me look at the title of it real quick, just so I get this right, because I'm going back and listening to it a second time. How to How to have massive business growth at a modest pace. And you guys, a modest pace has worked for me. But sometimes, just like you, I see all the shiny stuff out there and I don't even realize it's getting to me in a way that doesn't serve. And so what do I mean by getting back to crazy? Let me take a sip of water. I'm going to tell you a funny story. Okay, (laughs) this came up on a coaching call last week. So (laughs) 
my coaching call with my coach, she reminded me, Allison, do what works. And what works is relationships and connections. And so instead of building a new opt-in, instead of doing all this stuff, I'm, I'm going to just start connecting with the people who opt-in. Like, hello, I'm a human being. Why does everything have to be automated? Um, why does everything have to be automated? I don't need some slick opt-in to convince you to work with me. What if I just built relationships? And so I was talking with this with my coaching clients on our business call on Monday. And all of a sudden I remembered my first year of real estate. So my very first year of selling real estate was 2003. Um, I got my license in September of 2003. Two weeks later, my ex-husband left came home on a Wednesday and he said, I don't want to be married anymore. And he left. And I, at the time, had a full-time job as a technology coordinator for a K through eight Catholic school campus here in Austin. And I had asked my boss, who I'm still friends with this, to this day, he's not a principal anymore, but I had asked him, I was like, my husband left. <laughs> I can't afford to keep my house on my teacher's salary. I got my real estate license and I'm going to leave. And he said, please stay, please stay, please stay. And he was so gracious with me and we worked out a deal since I was technology coordinator. I had, I didn't have students all day, every day. And so I said, I want to be able to go to this class Monday morning and this class Tuesday. And I want to be able to, um, you know, openly sell real estate. And it worked out really well because it gave me the, I had the pay of the full-time job in the first six months. And and so, well, not even six months, but from that September to December. So I agreed to stay for the the fall semester. And by spring, I had done really well in real estate. And when I first they don't do it this way anymore, but I first started out my real estate career with Keller Williams again in 2003. When I was a brand new agent, there were 99 new agents in my summer new agent class. I, I worked at a really big office and, and things are, are very different now, but we had this thing called launch and launch was this two week immersive where they would have classes in the morning and the afternoon for two weeks straight. And they would teach you all the different ways to sell real estate. I think there was one contract class and, you know, one mindset class and all the rest were the different ways that you can sell real estate. So you can sell, sell real estate by calling expireds. You can sell real estate by having a database and making a hundred calls a day. Hi, my name's Allison Crow. Who do you know that's in the market to buy or sell real estate? Um, you can do open houses. You can sit at an open house. I mean, I guess COVID's died camp, but you know, they taught all these ways of doing it. And I don't even remember what I remember doing. <laughs> I'm going to laugh. So mind you, i am been left by my husband. I feel really rejected. I also lost a lot of weight, the divorce diet. And um, I had this job. I started selling real estate and I dug right in, just like I talked about at the beginning of this episode. Like I dug my head into um, using my brain. And so my brain loved, like, I'm going to figure this out. I told my husband when he left, I said, however this works out, I'm keeping the house and the dogs. And the house at the time was not something that I could afford on my teacher's salary. And and by God, I did it. But I remember they told me the way to sell real estate was this. Well, what I did 
was in my grief, I drank a lot and I went to bars and I dated on match.com and I bought a boat and I went to the lake with my girlfriends. And so literally this is how I built my business. It's crazy. I'm not necessarily telling you to do it. I'm using it as an example of nobody told me in those classes, come to the office early before everybody else and write five to 10 personal notes love on people. This is before social media. Um, learn the market. And then by 10 o'clock, leave and go to the lake with your girlfriends and start smoking weed out of apple cores, park the boat and meet people on the lake. <laughs> I never knew that that was an option for selling real estate. And the other one was date people on match.com. I sold like four houses to guys I dated on match.com. I married one of the guys I dated on match.com and I sold his house. <laughs> and um, nobody said, party your insecure ass off, drink too much, be flirted with by the married men. I loved, I mean, I, I hate to admit it, I'm not proud of it, but there was something about you know, I felt really rejected and some of the married men at the office were really kind and we, we just had a lot of fun together. Um, there was a gang of us that all ran around and we went to the lake and we went to restaurants and we went to all the realtor functions and stuff and we had parties and, and I, I used to have, um, I used to have client parties and my client parties were color themed. <laughs> I remember the first one was right after I got a divorce. I was called the pink party and I didn't want to get out my Christmas tree um, because I didn't want to get out all the, you know, relationship ornaments. And I didn't, I didn't want to feel sad. I was avoiding my feelings. I didn't want to feel sad. And so I went to this store that we used to have in Austin called the Christmas store. And I bought all these pink ornaments and I decided I'm going to have a client party. And now I wasn't this luxury agent who was like, I was like, how can I do this economically? And so I decided I was going to have this pink party. I was going to serve food and pink drinks. And if you wanted something else, and I made these CDs to this day, epic CD, the first one for sure. And I would make these CDs, uh, like uh, mixtapes, right? But on a CD, so I'd make these mixed CDs. And the first one was all the songs had the word pink in it. It's a great CD. I need to actually pull that out. I probably have it on my iTunes somewhere. And I need or recreate the playlist for you guys. And it was so fun. And, and everybody would wear pink. And I still have pictures from the pink Christmas party. This one, what was that party called? I don't even remember the name. I don't even remember the name of that party, but I had these client parties. So I had a pink party. I had a blue party. I had, and y'all, they were like, Keggers, okay? It was not a classy party. My realtors would come, my clients would come, and I would tell my, on the, it was the, back in the Evite days, and on the Evite, I'd be like, realtor and mortgage friends, y'all are welcome to come, but this is really for my clients. But I also wanted my friends to come too. And somehow, my first year in real estate, out of all the rookies, now you're gonna laugh at this, I was number two. There's an amazing man whose initials are LL. He still sells real estate to this day. I do not. I have not had my license since 2013. And LL and I were very good friends. Um, but LL worked his ass off. LL worked 40, 50 hours a week 
And I played, I worked in the, from seven to 10 in the morning, maybe seven to 11. I worked when I, you know, when I was working on my deals and my clients. And then I just went and played, I went and played. And he sold the way we calculate for awards and stuff in real estate is in volume. And so he sold $40,000 more in real estate with me. So he won the award for rookie of the year. And I lovingly tease him because we were always neck and neck and neck and like, oh, I'm going to be first. I'm going to be first. Well, I am proud to say I got second place. I did not get the plastic star. But I sold almost as much real estate and I had a lot of fun. And (laughs) nobody told me that going to the lake, dating dudes and smoking weed out of an apple core was the way to sell a lot of real estate. Um, Also, the establishment didn't like it. They didn't like that Allison Crow was successful on her own terms of having fun and building relationships. Now, I'm a little bit older and wiser and a lot less insecure I was really hurting at that time. I didn't know how to feel my hurt. I've done a lot of healing of, of, so my crazy today is different than my crazy then. But my crazy today is remembering that more is not better. I do not need to spend more money. I do not need to have more systems. And honestly, right now, I don't need to make you guys another opt-in. I have all my plans to make this soulful CEO opt-in. You know, maybe I was going to do a class. Maybe I was going to write a book. My um, operations manager is going to come over tomorrow and help me map it out. And I'm sitting here, why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? Because I'm greedy for more instead of loving better. And what I know is that better creates more naturally. And it's funny because I watched one of my clients do this last week. I watched a client of mine. She just hit her two-year mark. Actually, today is her two-year. She got her Sully Gold jacket today. And I watched a client of mine asking in public, in our group, about this copy for her Facebook header. And for like three days, the copy was changing and the changing was conversation. And granted, I'm not a copy expert, but I could feel and tell and kind of read her mind because sometimes I can read people's minds. I could tell she, she had the thought that I get, if I just get this right, people will see me and want to work with me. And so I told her, I was like, your copy's great. Go love on your people. Yeah, but isn't this word better? And this word is more powerful. And this word is more clear. And here's the thing. Uh, every single person you ask for an opinion of, somebody's going to have a different opinion. And while we're trying, while I'm trying to make, literally using the word trying, trying to make you a better opt-in. Because I think it's going to bring me more subscribers. How unsexy is that? Now, as a strategist, I do tell my clients to do that stuff. But the fact is, my opt-in right now, I have updated it. So how to feel good, how to feel bad. And there's a whole fucking week of shit. Y'all don't even need that much. What if I just took it off and said, my opt-in is, hey, send me an email. Let's connect. Tell me about you. There's an idea, right? That feels really yummy. I have so much free content. I don't need, I don't, I don't need to create something new. Could I? 
In an ideal world, yes, but you know what it does? It takes me out of relationship with myself and it takes me out of relationship with my people. For now. For now. So what's interesting is I actually left a message of Voxer for my coach and I was like, I'm thinking through this. I didn't tell her I was going to come live and record my podcast, but I'm thinking through this. And I was like, is this resistance, you know, to me sitting down and doing the work? And then all of a sudden, as I'm literally, as I'm talking, is this resistance? I'm hearing my inner wise self say, oh, please, Allison, you're overthinking it. I mean, she's sweet, but she's also sarcastic. Just get back to you. Do what you know works. You don't need another thing to be successful. I am successful. It's all working perfectly. More is not better. Better is better. And if it doesn't feel fun to create something for you, that is not the energy that I want to put out there. And so who knows? Maybe in September when the weather changes and the cool comes back and it's not 110 degrees and I'm not having to wear my hair in a bandana or a pony and I'm not boob sweating all over the place, it might be more fun. And so if it gets fun, I'll do it. And if it's not fun, I won't do it. Now, don't misinterpret me because there are things that I know will be fun that will require some difficult or boring work. But it's so fun, I don't feel the difficulty. I don't feel like dread. And so I'm pausing if you hear a silence. Let me breathe and take a sip of my water. Justin Williams, I'm going to read what Justin Williams wrote on the live comments because it doesn't, I appreciate it for me and I'm going to receive it, but I want to give it to the audience too. You've reminded me that as a fan, I enjoy your opt-ins, your resources, et cetera, but I love you and I want more of you. I say that because I remember that my audience feels the same way. Being in relationship and conversation with me and me being in relationship and conversation with you is what matters. I obviously, just like you as a business owner, can't be in relationship and conversation with thousands and thousands of people. I am not that kind of influencer. And I don't want to just influence you with, with my lifestyle I don't want to, I want to be able to hear what's going on in your world and give you deep life coaching support, soulful support. And then when we're ready, I want to be able to give you a strategic move that gives you results. Justin, this is really good. I'm going to read what he said. It's easy for me to hide behind options, systems, et cetera. There, you just nailed it for me, Justin. See, this is what happens. Here's what happens. Even though I'm on a live stream, and right now the way I use um, StreamYard for live stream, and so it live streams to my Facebook profile, it live streams to my Facebook page, it live streams to YouTube, and it live streams to a couple of my groups. <clears throat> So the comments that I can see, I cannot see comments right now if you're on my personal profile, but if you're on my page, like Justin is, I'm pretty sure that's where it is, then I can see your comments. So I can see Justin and Anna's comments right now live. 
And Justin has just said, it's easy for me to hide behind opt-in systems, et cetera. I love tools. I love the strategy. But if I'm using the strategy to hide, we have a problem. I have a problem. And it's different from resting. I posted yesterday, we don't need continuous content. We need conscious content. And if I'm creating conscious content and I'm creating self-care and self-support consciously, then my content will come when it comes. I will be connecting with myself when I connect with myself and when I connect with you and it will all end up working. So probably not what you expected to hear from a soulful CEO, but I think that's part of the difference. Um, As a soulful CEO, my primary job is to remember that I'm a soul. I love the CEO stuff. I love the business stuff. But without the soul, without my own heart being in it, even if it's hard, because there's plenty of times when it is hard. People ask me all the time, how do you do what you do? This is hard. One of my friends is like, oh my God, how do you do this? This is a lot harder than I thought. (laughs) Like, oh, yeah, yeah. And um, even with that, honoring my feel bad, processing my feel bad, resting, and then following my feel good and following my excitement and what really excites me. And we go back to core values. So I'll leave y'all with this one little exercise as a tool. Core values, it's one of the first, like, core values and life wheel, right? Life coaching 101, but they're really good exercises to do on a regular basis. And especially if you're experienced, I want you to get out your core values exercise, and I want you to get out your life wheel again. Core values and core values, maybe that's something I can make as an opt-in because I already have it. It's something I give my one-on-one clients. I have a worksheet and a little workbook. And my, my philosophy on the core values isn't just to know your core values. But if I have five core values that generally stay the same, and then I may have two that rotate, right? So like creativity is always one of my core values. Connection is always one of my core values. Uh, growth is one of my core values. Um, I have a couple other ones, but those three are always there. They've been there since I was 12 and they're still there now. So for example, simplicity is a newer core value. I didn't necessarily have it five years ago, but so, so I have five or so that have been around forever. And then I have a couple of floaters depending on my lifestyle, depending on circumstance. I'm allowed to bring in some others, but most of them are literally embedded into our psychology. And what I know is let's, let's assume we have five core values and you're aware of what those are. If I, I can look at a client and if we know their core values and if four of those core values on a scale of one to 10 are eight, nine or 10, like if they're all 10 plus, they're all super. And one of them on a scale of one to 10 is below seven. And overachievers tend to underrate themselves. So let's say even below five, they are suffering. You, your values energize you. 
And so right now, a lot of people are feeling really tired because one of their core values is connection and relationship. And we haven't been able to have connection like we normally do. Right. And so even if all these other things are going right in your life, if one of your core value tanks, I think the analogy that I use in my workbook is like a 18 wheeler tanker. They usually have a couple of tanks of gas. And instead of going from one tank to the next with our core values, we actually use all, all of them at the same time. And if one of them is empty, all of them will suffer. And so take a moment and check in about your core values. And I know, and what I'm, I'm realizing as I talk through this with you today is, like Justin said, it was easy for me to hide behind my options, my system, and my plan because I'm grieving connection with you guys. I'm grieving face-to-face. We were supposed to have camp. My mastermind clients, I had one of them that was buying a ticket from the Netherlands to come all the way over in June. We normally have a fall solely retreat. I don't know when any of this is going to happen. I'm even nervous. Like my my um, Amber is still coming over tomorrow and we'll figure out something and plan something or maybe we'll pack boxes since we're moving. <laughs> and I'm nervous about that because of COVID. We just can't do those things. So I can either be a victim of that or go, okay, how can I create connection? I can keep hiding behind these systems and think they're going to fix me. Or I could acknowledge that I'm sad. I miss hugging my people. I miss the vitality that we have when we're together. And even though we get to have Zoom and all those other things, I got to figure out ways to connect more. That's why I wanted to have, I'm so thankful, like Justin and Anna and the people who are here interacting live, because I just wanted to have a conversation. I didn't want to just sit behind the podcast and follow an outline and tell you these seven points for making your life better. We don't need more information. You don't need more information. We need to remember what works, works, and to work what we know works. So with that, my friends, um, it's 9.30 in the morning. I have a call at 11. We have a life call today. I want to tell you what's going to happen. I don't know the dates. I'm just trusting myself, but be on the lookout. So here's what you can do. I do want to invite you to come and be a member in my Soulful Success Coaching community. Um, it's so much more than information. It really is a community and you get deep coaching life and strategy for me. Plus it's really a network too. It's like a networking group. I see clients cross pollinating all the time. Most all of our members are growth and achievement members. This is just because it's a lower fee does not mean it's just for newbies. There's a couple of new people in there, but it's mostly life and achievement. I mean, growth and achievement. The wait list is up right now at coachwithallison.com. And here's what's going to happen. I don't know when, but sometime between now and August 15th, I'm going to open up the doors and it's going to be the last time it's open at 222. I'm raising the price. And the reason I'm raising the price is because I want more growth and achievement members in there. I want more people. Uh, one of my new clients came in and she said, I'm treating this program like it's a $10,000 program. She's an achievement. She does retreats all over the world. She wants connection. She wants collaboration. She wants other high-level human beings. And that's exactly what I created this for. 
I did not create it. I mean, I have a whole library of stuff that can help new people. But as I used to tell my real estate clients, once I'd been doing that forever, I was like, I don't ever want to talk about a fucking listing again. Let's get in here and get to the real stuff because you know how to sell houses. And most of my clients know exactly what they need to do, but we need to do the deeper inner work. They need to have the sounding board of myself and others to help them see what they already know and to get the confidence and discipline and joy to go out there and do it. Um, Anna, I know that your country doesn't allow you to connect to Zoom, but we do live stream everything into our Facebook group. If you, if that makes a difference for you, by the way, congratulations on your new podcast. Um, so yeah, so. Get on the wait list because I'm going to send a message to the wait list first to lock in at 222. This is the last time it's going to be priced at 222. I have the, the, the new price is either going to be 297 or 333. I don't know. I'll decide later, but, um, I'm raising the price because it's worth more and you'll value it more if you pay more for it. So coachwithallison.com, get on that. And sometime between now, today is the 30th. This will be released on August something. <laughs> and um, hello, team that's listening. Surprise, surprise. They're probably like, you're deviating from the plan. And I'm like, hell yeah, motherfuckers. Mama's getting her soul back. All right. Peace out, you guys. Um, I appreciate you. Thank you for those of you who are here live. Thank you to you listeners, you invisible listeners who I have no idea who you are. Some of you share on Instagram or you let me know or you share the podcast and I really appreciate that. Um, If you want to, you can go to iTunes and give me a review. If you give me a shitty review, I'm going to read it online and I'm going to say your name (laughs) because it's funny when I get shitty reviews. I have plenty of them. Um, If you want to give me a great review, I like that too. You know, it's funny. I just said that because people say that. I really don't fucking care. I, I really don't care. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't get up and do like eight. I didn't follow the strategy of how to have a podcast. I decided to have a podcast the way I want to have it. And it's a little bit quirky. And so peace out and love to all my heart-centered, soulful CEOs. Go be quirky. Go be you. Do it your way. Be you. Do it your way. Mwah. As always, thanks for listening. Totally appreciate you thinking about somebody who might really love this episode and you sharing it with them. Also, I always appreciate your reviews. It's like podcast currency. It's like a tip in the jar saying thanks. And finally, if you want to share on social media, a screenshot or any insights you get from listening to this episode, I will totally respond. You can share with the hashtag Better Life, Better Work Show. This show is sponsored by my three rescued dogs, Leroy Brown, Clementine, and Rocky Potato. They're here to remind you to consider adoption when you get your next pet. More is not better. Better is better.